Good to see you all again. I was away last Sunday, last weekend, uh, visiting my sister up in up in uh, University of Mary in Bismarck. As she, uh, she graduated up there and got to meet her fiance for the first time. So sorry I missed you last week. But you know, this selection of lessons that we have today are kind of resemble what we had last week. Now, last week we heard the discourse on the Good Shepherd. The Lord speaks to us in some of the precious, most precious moments we have with him in the Gospels where he speaks tenderly at the Last Supper. And it's there that metaphors or parables like these, the kind of the global sense of the faith comes to mind. The Lord starts to uh, develop an understanding of what you know, the universal faith is to look like. St. Ambrose said this metaphor that we have today, the vine and the branches, like the parable of the Good Shepherd last week, is a living parable. The vine was planted once in time on Calvary, as he said, but the branches continue to spread across the face of the earth, all connected to that one rooted spot. Like any ordinary vine, any ordinary vine of grapes, that is, the branches are beset by the scorching sun, bitter frost, and all sorts of pestilence, but the bonds with the root the, uh, rooted to the vine assure its life and promise fruit. A beautiful way to really describe what we have in our union with the Godhead, in our union with our Savior. You know, this definition of beauty that I speak of, I remember a true revelation was given to me when I first read St. Francis de Sales' a treatise on divine love, where he said, beauty is where you find diversity of all things caught up in unity. Beauty is all diverse things caught up in unity. As if to say, you know, when you look up at the stars, you do not say, oh, it is beautiful to see bright dots in the sky, but you see bright, bright dots, bodies that are ordered together, that live together are harmonized together. Separate, they seem senseless. I suppose in, in another way of describing that, when, when one listens to the individual instruments of a symphonic work, no sense is made of it. I remember my, my little brother, you know, he, played the, he uh, played the violin in, uh, in, uh, in middle school in, in this uh, uh, pre pretty good... Uh, uh, symphonic group that uh, uh, he was uh, associated with back home, and when he would practice, oh, it was it was purgatory. Not because he was uh, he, w he wasn't doing his part badly, but it made no sense. <laughs> Usually, in a symphonic chorus, you know, of music, no one really has the melody, but everything works together. In a harmony. Once it's all together, then, then the ears pick up. Then beauty is beheld. As the psalm today says, I will praise you, Lord, in the assembly. In the assembly. Each individual, each person of the faith has a voice to speak 
but it only, it's contingent upon the assembly. Each member of a body makes no sense unless it has found unity in the whole. I suppose, you know, the, you know in the same way, we, I mean, the branches, I mean, as there was no symphonies at the time, time of Jesus, the, the vine and the branches served as the perfect metaphor for their time. This understanding of what, what Jesus makes to us is so crucial. So crucial to us. Abide with me, he says. Seven times he says it in this gospel. Abide with me. He pre- repeats this utterance so many times to make, it, make that point crucial. Like, no, nothing, nothing can be made fruitful apart from me. The branches will bear nothing. All they're good for to be turned into kindling and brushwood for fire. We do not know him. No effort on our behalf will make any contribution to the mission we've been given to fulfill. St. John himself and his letters remind us so much of that. No one can love who does not know the one who first loved us. Abiding with Jesus governs all things in life, perfects all things, perspectives, opinions, desires, you name it. All things are touched when we give the Lord access to it all. And how do we come to know Him and abide with Him then? First, of course, by prayer. As the Lord mentions, you know, at the very beginning of his ministry in his Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God and all other things, all other concerns will be added unto you. All things will start to be taken care of. But it does not end there. It does not end in prayer. As St. John says today, not just in words, but in deeds. Let prayer take flesh. Let it be exhibited. Let it pour forth from every member of our body. Charity is what perfects prayer. It's what gives it its meaning. Charity that coaxes us to to break free of our comfort zones, as the Holy Father always says, and be directed outwards. The social element of our faith is a non-negotiable. I know that especially... In Western civilization, you know, the word social tends to get a bad rap. It tends to be like a, it's a bit of a buzzword for some people. But it's a non-negotiable reality of our faith. Sainthood is not a social enterprise, or excuse me, a private enterprise. And no one can privatize on charity only in the social uh, in the, the social dimension can it be realized however you know while i know part of the fear when we talk about you know the social aspect of the life you know there's there's concern that the individual the person will be absorbed will be lost and forgotten that it's just the body that makes sense and we're just we're just nomadic kind of elements that are just connected to it and we're forgotten that's not the way the life of the gospel works. Jesus never did a thing 
without his father. But his father never absorbs his son. He always works through his son, but never absorbs him. In the same way, when you consider the nature of the vine and the branches, the vine doesn't bear the fruit. It's the branches, as God has ordered it. He could bear the fruit if he wished, but he has made us the branches. In a way, the Holy Father said today, um, during his Angelus address, he said, God depends on us. Not because he had to, but because he made it so. And that he ordered us to be bound to him in such a way that we are the ones who bear the grapes. We bear the fruit. And that, it's, it's our cont- contribution that brings that sweetness to the gospel. We're not the ones, we're not the origins of it, as the vine is always what nourishes the branches, makes it possible for the fruit to bear. But the vine is still not the source of the fruit. It's the branches. As such, no child of God will be absorbed or forgotten, but has a distinct role to play. But a role to play inseparably from him and all others. And these days, as we still combat you know, the, the upheavals of our time, it's imperative we remember this connectivity of our faith. When we step out these doors, we don't do so as individuals, establishing our own little microcosms within the great cosm, but, but a peace of the great kingdom. We, we, each, has, each has a portion of the one kingdom to build. We don't establish our own. Let us remember that and ask the Blessed Mother for encouragement and direction. Thanks be to God.